Funky Revolutions, Funky. Funky Revolutions, Funky. Funky Revolutions, Funky. You are listening to Funky Revolutions. I'd like you to meet a genius. This man is one of Jamaica's foremost record producer. He has produced such artists as Junior Marvin, The Meditation, The Upsetters, to name a few. He's not only a record producer, he's a songwriter, a poet, a musician, a video expert, and overall a Rasta man. The man I'm talking about is none other than Lee Scratch Perry better known in Jamaica as the Upsetter, Kusha. Rolling! His name is Flashing Lightning. Positive Vibration Miracle Jessup. Magic Emperor Rastafari. His Imperial Majesty Emperor Alessalassie I. Lies of Lies, Kings of Kings, Conqueror Lamb, Travis, Relics of God, Light of the World, Who's Right for the Ruler. Money 144,000 hands. Money 144,000 plans. Do re mi fa so la ti do. Music Papa. Where's Mama? Yishi shi wandalim, Abba Jadalad, Mosi Hayo, Yishi shi wandalim. Rolls with all the end open book. Genesis is a revelation, open jolly of the land of Judah. Master of ceremony. Hi, good evening. Turn on the water and mortar. And dig this musical sculpture coming from King Toby's headquarters. And do the bathroom skank. Come off your tower this hour And take a musical shower What did you say? Grab your towel, matter how Scrub your bowel, scrub your bowel Uh-oh, uh-oh Grab your towel, scrub your bowel Scan. Oh, grab your rug, scrub your back. 
producers could get away with a bathroom skank like that. This is Funky Revolutions. My name is Khalid, and we continue with our tribute to Lee Scratch Perry, Part 5, The Foundations. Today I wanted to kind of wrap up this initial and early period leading into the 1970s, the establishment of the Black Ark Studios in 1973, and the chance over the next few weeks to glorify and bask in the glory of the music and reggae made by Lee Scratch Perry and so many different artists with that classic Black Ark sound. Up until now, we've really looked at how his career evolved, how he tried to be a singer on different labels, how he learned the trade, working as an arranger, a songwriter, a percussionist, a studio man, a runner, with a number of the established producer labels in Jamaica in the 1960s, and eventually striking out on his own. In the last four parts, we've really seen the different elements that will mark his sound, not only as an individual artist, but as a producer, but as a, an experimenter, as one of the leading elements in the development of the ska to rock steady to reggae sound that's being actualized in 1968 and 1969. We're seeing his interest in experimentation, and that's a theme that seems to run throughout 
his life, his wanting to create and search out a new upsetting sound. He was one of the first producers to embrace the DJ, uh, releasing, for example, as we heard in part three, the first of Uroy's releases. Even if Uroy had done a few productions before, his righteous ruler with Peter Tosh, who introduced Lee Perry to Uroy, was the first Uroy 45 release of his emceeing toasting. One of his first embraces of the format was with Sir Comic. We heard that in part two of our program. He would continue to work with DJs himself, often emceeing throughout his career into the dub phases, leading right up to his death earlier this year. We've seen how he was looking to create new sounds, to dub it up, to implicate found sounds into his music and the natural inspiration and rhythm of the rocks that inspired him to leave for Kingston and search for this, well, definitively Perry sound. We spent a lot of time around 1967 to 1969. We've seen some of the thematics that were leading to this classic Lee Perry sound of the 1970s. Already you can feel how he's stripping down his production style, some of the bass-heavy elements, how he's experimenting with various groups that will compose the various phases of the upsetters right until the 1970s. Some of the classic musicians, but he was really searching collaborations and would often replace members or entire groups under the name The Upsetter. By this time, 68-69, he set up production release deals with Trojan Records and its competitor Pama in England, but a number of other labels. He's also starting to license music from up-and-coming producers, supporting people like Niney the Observer. He continues to work in collaboration with Clancy Eccles, with whom he'd done some production work after leaving Cox and Dodd and working with Sir JJ. And they would continue collaborating on some of the classic music and innovative music that would become reggae. He would establish the Upsetter label in 1968 and set up his own store at 36 Charles Street in downtown Kingston. It would become a gathering place for many of those who are participating on Beat Street. Today I wanted to kind of wrap up this foundation work, hear some of the classic elements that are becoming reggae, and pay tribute to some of his collaborations as he begins to work and head in towards the classic sound of the 1970s and his important work with Bob Marley and the Whalers. On CKUT 90.3 FM, he is a label shop gathering place, was across the street from Clancy Eccles' tailor shop and label. It would be a focal point for releasing music in Jamaica and recruiting new musicians, one-offs, and long-term, decades-long collaborations. One of the first groups with whom he collaborated in the vocal harmony sections after the mellow tones, the inspirations, was the Bleachers. 
he would have an important number of hits with them in 1969. They were uh, a group led by Leo Graham, who harmonized with Wesley Martin and their friend Sammy, who had worked with the Mellotones. They took their name from the ravers who stayed up all night seeking action, known in Jamaica as bleaching. And they did, as upon their formation in 1969, a number of uh, important records, check him out. But they also celebrated Lee Perry and created this song, Check Him Out, on CKUT 90.3 FM.
Alfonso with Roll On and the Upsetters. Very typical of what was happening and the methodology of Lee Perry in these later years, 1968-1969, and leading really throughout his career how he would rework songs, create instrumental tracks, occasionally find vocalists, but really rework songs, rename them, redub them, change the arrangements and musical composition, coming back to these ideas and reworking them, not only songs themselves, but themes. Before that, The Bleachers, with Check Him Out, tributing and paying tribute to Lee Perry and his label, Record Shop, on Charles Street in Kingston. My name is Khalid, and we started part five of our tribute to Lee Perry, The Foundations, with the introduction to a 2008 documentary, The Upsetter, The Life and Music of Lee Scratch Perry. Much of the work of Lee Perry, especially in 1969, is focused around the Upsetters, first Gladys All-Stars and then the Hippie Boys. But he would mutate the band and sometimes go off and seek other collaborators who he called the Upsetters, really a, a platform for his sound. Before we get into this instrumental phase and then in next week's program move into the 1970s and work, for example, with Bob Marley and the Whalers, I wanted to come back to some of the classic elements of his vocal work in this period, 1968-1969. In 68, he had a hit with following People Funny Boy, his own track, a track called Tighten Up with the Inspirations which he would then follow up immediately with a young singer from Denham Town called Davis Isaacs, who loved the sound of Mayfield, Jackie Wilson, the Dells, among others. He had a great R&B kind of styling. Released a number of 45s in 1968 and 1969. They would have a, another big hit together, covering Stevie Wonder's A Place in the Sun.
set last busty brown with to love somebody and two tracks from david isaacs a place in the sun and leaving on a jet plane a really good example of the content of the music that was being produced not just by lee perry but many in this early reggae phase and had been also kind of typical of what was being done with ska and rocksteady covers of american soul and rhythm and blues songs while many of the performers musicians with whom Lee Perry worked were men, he did work closely with a number of female vocalists. One of them with whom he released full-length album on Trojan, and she had really quite an important international success, was Melanie Jonas. This is her and David Barker with Spinning Wheel.
Badabam Bam on Funky Revolutions by the Ravers. And before that, Nora Dean, the same thing that you gave to Daddy. Kind of giving you all the different elements of the kinds of songs he was releasing from the slackness of Nora Dean to the covers of Rhythm and Blues with Melanie Jones at the top of the set. I wanted a last few tracks with the singers he was typically working with in this period, even if, as I said, most of his work was instrumental-oriented. This is some of the more political stuff that he was doing at the time. Milton Henry with No Bread and Butter.
examples to complete our vision of the differences and multitude of vocalists that Lee Perry was recording in 1968 and 1969. I went off with the termites, I'll be waiting. Before that, Milton Henry, no bread and butter. As I mentioned earlier, much of the work, especially in 1969, that Lee Scratch Perry is doing with the upsetters and his own stuff is instrumental-oriented. Many of the releases, especially in 69, start with an instrumental, and the B-side might have a vocal element on it. And it's stuff that he's reworking, a popular track with a vocalist, retracked with the upsetters. Likewise, a song released once or twice under the upsetters in different formats, then recorded over with a vocalist collaborator. This is within these elements that he has his most experimentation but he's not quite able yet to break out into some of the crazy stuff we'll know him for, especially during his dub period, although he had tried it. Before setting up the Upsetter label, he had collaborated with two engineers with whom he had worked with at the West Indies recording label, Linford Andy Cap Anderson and Barry Lambert. They had uh, released and set up for a short period in '68 the Upset label, And one of their first releases was a single by Burt Walters, Honey Love. And it was the flip side that kind of indicated where he might have wanted to go if people could receive it. And it clearly wasn't yet the time. It's a song called Evil Yano, where he actually plays backwards over the rhythm, the lyrics of Burt Walters. Uh, and played a a rhythm of the tenor's hit, Ride Me Donkey, played at half speed. And 
clearly wasn't the time for this kind of stuff, but indicates even the kind of the, the width of the work that he was hoping to embark on as he would begin to introduce the dub elements and the recording techniques, stripping down the rhythms in 69 and into the 1970s. This is Lee Perry's take, Evol Yeno.
just one of the many great tracks recorded by the Upsetters in 68 and 69, Dollar in the Teeth. Before that, 848, and that was the first Trojan release of an Upsetter instrumental. Gives you a sense of the direction that they were going in. During this period, as Lee Perry has set up distribution deals with Trojan, its subsidiaries, as well as the competitor, Pama, we're talking mostly 45s that are being released in Jamaica, in Britain. Trojan will put out a couple of collections. There's the first couple of compilations put out by Trojan, Tighten Up, following the success of that song. His first solo full album, which wasn't just a kind of compilation in March of 1969, was The Upsetter. And they were trying to monopolize on the success of a song called Man from MI5 that was on the UK pop charts. They would quickly follow up on a fully instrumental Return of Django album with The Upsetters, which had songs, uh, organ, a lot of organ work, like Cold Sweat, Night Doctor, which was a medical operation, which has some of the many themes he would return to in his productions of the late 60s. And then at the end of 69, Clint Eastwood, a.k.a. Best of Lee Perry in The Upsetters, Again, trying to take uh, work and the success of one of the last songs to be released in Britain at, at the end of 69, Yakety Yak. Thought we'd go to uh, some of that music, which were essentially mostly instrumental work with the upsetters in its various formats, with a couple of vocal tracks thrown in. This is Man from MI5 that capitalized and produced the upsetter in March of 1969. A dangerous man from MI5. Yakety Yak, and before that, the Upsetters Man from MI5. 
songs that were charting in the UK and upon which some of the full-length albums were released. My name was Khalid. Hope you've enjoyed this part five, The Foundations, Lee Scratch Perry. We'll be back next week entering into the 1970s. And one of the first tracks that came out was Dave Barker, the singer, transformed into MCs with the Upsetters. And they had this hit, Shocks of Mighty, on CKUT, Funky Revolutions. For your mind, our collective ass will follow. This is Upsetting Shocks of Mighty. Hit me back.